Well, it's uh, great to see you all here on this beautiful Easter Sunday morning. Uh, before we get into the message, and I'm hoping that you will be, be intrigued by the title. Uh, I'll talk more about that in just a second, but where else? Oh, there, there's the title. The Story of Two Rocks. Do I have your attention? Is that, is that a little unusual for an Easter Sunday? There's an interesting twist to it. Don't worry, it's an Easter message. But we'll also be talking about Two rocks. But before we dig into that, um, I always promise a free weather forecast before we dig in. And it's simple, it's easy, there's nothing complicated about it. We have the same high pressure system just kind of doing a dipsy doodle all around us for like eight days. No rain. <clears throat> Yeah, what you see is what you get. We were in the 40s Friday, low 50s yesterday. We'll be in the upper 50s today. We'll be in the 60s Monday and Tuesday, in the 70s on Wednesday, mid-upper 70s on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, all with no rain and sunshine. Yeah. I mean, it's an Easter forecast. That's a made-to-order Easter forecast. For us, anyway, we lucked out this year here in the Ohio Valley. Well, before we dig into the story of these two rocks, let us approach the throne of grace and ask that the Holy Spirit open up our hearts and understanding of what we'll be digging into today. Father, thank you that we serve a risen king, not someone who was dead, but someone who died for us, but came back to life and sits at your right hand. Uh, Father, we're so grateful and thankful that we get to come here and celebrate Easter in this way. We ask now that your Holy Spirit will empower our minds, empower our hearts and spirits to grab on to what it is that you want to show us today. Uh, guide my tongue and direct my thoughts as I speak about these two rocks. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today's passage comes to us from the book of Mark. And so for those of you that have your phones with you, if you have the version or the Bible app, you could open that up, click on more in the lower right, and then events. And the very first one that shows up are all the notes that we'll be preaching from today. And by the way, since the service has started, you can hit the save key and review the notes later on at your leisure if you wish. So all of the notes are there, but we'll also put them up on your screen. And naturally, if you brought your Bible with you, we want you to turn to Mark chapter 16 today. Mark chapter 16. That's going to be the main focus today. We will be jumping all over the place once we get into the story of the two rocks, but uh, this is the place where the story hinges. So, for those who are uh, willing and able and can, uh, let's all stand for those again who can, and let us read Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, <clears throat> Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go anoint, the, uh, anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, 
They were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who's crucified, but he has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. May God anoint and bless the reading of his word on this Easter Sunday. Please all have a seat. Okay, let's set the stage. Let's set the stage of what was happening here on this Easter Sunday morning. And I'm sure you've heard this story maybe even ad nauseum, and you know it by heart from every Easter message that you've heard. But let's dig in, let's, let's scratch way below the surface and see what's going on here. We have the two Marys heading to the tomb very early in the morning. In all probability, after the Sabbath was done, after the sun went down, they perhaps quickly went into a market for anyone, someone that was open to buy the spices to anoint the body of Jesus. Perhaps they'd done that before the Sabbath, but in all probability, well, all the shops are closed on the Sabbath, so they can't do that. So if they did afterward, it was after the sun went down, they're probably scrambling, getting all of what was needed to run out to the tomb, but they're not going to run out there, obviously, at night because the sun had set. So what do they do? At the very first opportunity, at the very first light of Sunday morning, the first day of the week, what do they do? They gather up all of their spices and they run down to the tomb. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Mark is the only gospel that records a question that the two women were asking each other it wasn't one asking the other. It was both of them asking the same question. What was the question? Who will roll away the stone? They knew that a giant stone covered the entrance to the tomb and that two women certainly won't be able to move this stone. Where was their focus? Their focus was on getting inside the tomb to anoint the body. But they had something in the way. They had a rock, a big one. And in all probability, it probably took one or two dozen men to move this rock into place. Two women won't be able to do that. Maybe even a dozen women would not be able to move this rock. Just imagine how big this rock is. This rock had to seal the entrance to a cave. That had to be a huge, huge rock. 
Okay, another thing is going on here. The women are actually going to the tomb with what? Spices, right? To, to do what? To prepare Jesus' dead body. Do you get the picture here? Do you get what their focus was? Their focus was on a problem. The problem was a rock. A rock was in the way. And to these two ladies going to the tomb with the spices, it was over, done. It was, that was it. Jesus, the one that they had hoped for to break free from the Roman bondage, he's dead. It was over. That's why they were bringing spices to anoint the body and to honor the one who came and is now dead. It was over. Their focus was on a rock. Rock number one. So that's what their focus was. Now, before we criticize the ladies, hang on, because there was a lot going on that Holy Week, what we call Holy Week, leading up to the crucifixion. Just imagine the horrificness of the crucifixion. Jesus was not even recognizable when he was on the cross. He was beat so badly that he looked, I mean, it looked like a piece of meat hanging there. You could not recognize him. That's how horrific crucifixion was in that day. If you had gone through all of that, what are you thinking after Jesus is dead? You're thinking, it's over. It's, we, I think all of us would have thought, it's over. Would we have remembered Jesus' words saying after three days he was going to rise again? These ladies weren't thinking of that. Nobody, the disciples weren't even thinking that. The disciples were hiding. They were hiding because Jesus was dead, and they were probably next. So they were hiding. So before we criticize anybody's focus on the rock, the rock that covered the cave, I think we need to stop and ask ourselves and put ourselves in the same, same spot. I think we all pretty much would have thought it's over. So that brings me to point number one. Rock number one was in the way. Rock number one was in the way. Well, long before the events of Jesus' crucifixion, Jesus tried his best to get all of his followers to focus on what? A promise. A promise. Let's look and see. We go down... Eight chapters before this chapter that we read today. Mark chapter 8, verse 31 is where we're going to go. And it's up on the screen if you'd like to follow along. 
He, Jesus, then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. That apparently went, went right over the heads of even his disciples because they weren't thinking that on that Sunday morning. They were thinking, Jesus is dead. It's over. But wait a second. What's the second rock? What is the second rock that I'm talking about? Number two. Rock number two was Jesus himself. We're going to look at a couple of um, scriptures that pretty much say that. And Jesus himself refers to himself as a rock, and I'll show you where in just a second. All very important. This is the rock that I want you to focus on. We go to first Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my... The Lord is my... The Lord is my, yes, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and my horn of salvation, my stronghold. Rock number two. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4 says this, they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And here we go, it's underlined, my emphasis, and that rock was Christ. Rock number two is Jesus. Second Peter chapter two, verse eight, he, Jesus is the stone or rock <clears throat> that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. What is he talking about there? He's talking about the religious elite, the leaders, the, the leaders in the law, the teachers of the law, the, the so-called religious Jesus was a stumbling block to them. That's why they wanted him dead. And I mentioned that even Jesus himself pointed to the prophetic and called himself the rock. And that is in Matthew chapter 21, verse 42. I'm not going to go there, but you might want to write it down. It's in the notes in U version. But it's also, is that the only place? No, it's in Mark chapter 12, and it's in Luke chapter 20. One of several places where Jesus himself refers to himself as the rock. In fact, in those places, a couple of those places, he actually quotes Psalm 118. Psalm 118 verse 22 
talks about that prophetically way before Jesus was even born. The stone, the rock that the builders rejected, who were the builders? The teachers of the law, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the folks that were religious. Those were the builders that rejected the stone. Guess what it has become? The cornerstone, the cornerstone of our faith. Praise God for that cornerstone, for that cornerstone will never fail. It won't move. It's immovable. It's there for us to build on for our faith. Well, rock number two, this is something I want you to grab a hold of. Rock number two is victorious Jesus. Rock number two is the victorious Jesus. All right. Victorious over what? Well, this is the important piece of the puzzle. Rock number two becomes our victory over death. Do I hear an amen? It's, I, could hear, I could hear a pin drop. I, that's great. That's awesome. But if, if you want to shout and say amen, go for it. Amen. Thank you. It's awesome. Jesus becomes our victory over death. It's predicted and prophesied in many places in the Old Testament. Here's just one of them, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8. He, the coming anointed one, Jesus, will swallow up death forever. Isn't that awesome news? Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears of all faces. That's a great promise too. I can't wait for that. Jesus himself told his disciples and followers that he would rise from the dead. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. We read that earlier. So, so wait a minute. Okay, well, Jesus rose from the dead. How does Jesus' resurrection from the dead benefit me or benefit you? Great question. And it needs to be answered. And we need to biblically look at all of the pointers that makes Easter such a great, great day. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21 through 22. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made, the opposite of death is alive. Jesus is alive. And because he is alive, he is the first fruits, he is the first person, the first human to rise from the dead, never again to die. Now, there were others that Jesus rose from the dead. Lazarus was one of them, but Lazarus died. You remember the little girl that he rose from the dead? Well, she rose from the dead, lived a... a hopefully a godly life, and, well, she died eventually. Jesus is the first one to rise from the dead and is still alive today. Yeah, amen to that. That's something to celebrate. 
And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, a little bit further down, verses 54 and 55, when the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying is written and will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Gee, that sounds familiar. We covered that verse in the Old Testament, didn't we? That is prophetic and Death has been swallowed up in victory. So Jesus' resurrection from the dead is good news. It's victory for us or for anybody who makes Jesus the Lord of their life. It goes on saying in verse 55, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? You see, for those that are believers in Jesus Christ, when our bodies die, spare before Jesus' coming, we essentially will set this tent aside. Paul even talked about the body as a tent. You, you leave your earthly tent. You step out of it, and you go to be with Christ. To, to be absent from the body, that's something that animates this. This is, this is just the physical manifestation of Andre Bernier. It is. It's, it, you're just seeing a physical manifestation of it. What, what really is generating all of this is my, is my soul and my spirit, and that is going to leave this body someday, leave it behind. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, in wrap-up, let me ask you this question. We have two rocks that we're looking at today. Where is your focus today? Which rock are you focused on? Are you focused on rock number one or rock number two? Rock number one is the natural world. You see, when we look through eyes of the natural, it's pretty hopeless out there with every single day. Take a look at everything that's going on around you, and it's, it's no wonder that so many people are depressed and taking antidepressants, really, because the, the world through natural eyes, to coin a phrase and is truthful, is going to hell in a handbasket without Jesus. But if you're on, focused on rock number two, you're focused on the eternal kingdom of God because that door has been opened to us. That rock, that boulder that was in the way, that was removed supernaturally by angels. Just, just imagine that angel going there on Sunday morning before Mary. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something really super, super light. Like, ah, it's, kinda, it, it's not even as heavy as this pen. So the angel comes, picks up the rock, and just goes, no problem. No problem for the eternal and the supernatural. It's a problem for us. We couldn't do it. We can't look past the natural. So we have to look to the supernatural in order to get to rock number two, who is Jesus. Let me tell you something. You can have this assurance today. And what better day to have that assurance than on Easter Sunday? The day that Jesus Christ put the exclamation point to a salvation rescue plan, 
I always say, it's, I, I look at it as a giant exclamation point. You know, everything that Jesus did when he was on earth is that top part of the exclamation point. But without the resurrection, it's kind of like missing the, the dot at the end of the exclamation point. It looks like a line. But when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, boom, you get the wonderful dot at the end of the exclamation point. It finishes the whole story. And you can have that assurance too. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today would be a phenomenal day to do it. Easter Sunday. Why not do that? You're here, you're curious, it's Easter. Maybe you know about Jesus, but you never really opened up the door of your heart to him. He stands at the door and knocks. Revelation. I believe it's chapter 2, uh, and, but he won't go busting down that door. He wants to come in. He's a perfect gentleman, but he wants you to invite him in. And so this is your chance to do that. John 3.16, we saw that in the, the, the cartoon that we watched just before the message. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. How is that possible? Well, when you step out of your earthly tent, you'll go to be with Jesus immediately. I'd like everyone to close your eyes and examine your hearts, bow your head. This is a moment between you and God only, and I want you to really see whether or not you have opened that door to Jesus. And if not, Today's the day. Do it. Invite him into your life today. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, very quietly, between you, nobody's looking. Just slip up your hand and make that declaration today on this wonderful Easter Sunday. And if you today maybe have strayed from the faith, you've already done that. But we can all stray. We can all become prodigal sons that way and just kind of move away, sometimes without even knowing it. And you'd like to recommit your life to communion with Jesus face to face. Jesus said he would come in and sup with you or have dinner with you or lunch. If you prefer breakfast, he'll have breakfast with you too. If you'd like to do that today, go ahead and slip up your hand very quietly. Fantastic. I see that hand. And hopefully online, if your hand is up, we're going to pray in just a moment. In fact, why don't we do that right now with eyes closed and with, with everyone's voice. Just repeat after me so that we're all doing it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he promised to rise from the dead. And I thank you that he did. I place my trust in him for eternity. Because there's no other way. Jesus, come into my life. Lead me. Guide me. In every single way while I'm in my body.
In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Isn't Easter great? It's, it's the great... Yeah, Christmas is really cool because that's... You know, we celebrate the birth of Christ, but Easter, without Easter, we are to be pitied above everyone else according to the Bible. But we know that we serve a risen king. I'm going to invite uh, the team to come back up, and uh, we're going to sing one more song before we close up today. Did everybody uh, enjoy the story of Two Rocks? Isn't that amazing? Oh, my.
What a great day to be alive, huh? Isn't it awesome? Well, let's uh, pray. I'm uh, hopeful that you will have a little time to uh, enjoy each other's company in the atrium. We have some refreshments. Uh, if you need to wake up, we have a little coffee. Always have good coffee here. Uh, at any rate, I'm looking forward to, to getting a chance to meet you. If you're here visiting, please flag me down. I'll be floating around a little bit. And uh, in the meantime, let me wish you all a, a happy Easter. I'm going to teach you. I only uh, know that in a couple of languages, but joyeux Pâques. Say joyeux Pâques. See, you now speak French. Um, say gledelig pauskar. It's a little tougher to say gledelig pauskar. That's happy Eastern Icelandic. See, you now speak three languages. All free of charge. All right, let's pray. Father, thanks for this day. Thank you for a risen Savior. Thank you for your plan to redeem us long before time even began. You knew we would need, need a Savior. And uh, when Jesus uh, finished his work uh, and said it is finished, wow, what, what a, uh, a fabulous, fabulous, uh, successful operation of saving us. We thank you that, that uh, someday we will enjoy each other's company without sin, without any of the things that come along it in eternity with you. What a promise. We hang on to that promise. We know it's true because your word says so. Now help us to enjoy this day. More importantly, help us to bring the joy of Easter to those around us, people that we meet that need to hear this story, the story of two rocks. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we'll see you out there. Um, I th Dennis, do we need to move the chairs? Yes, we do. We'll need a couple of able-bodied men to assist in that process. Thank you. And we'll see you outside.